The Dallas Mavericks get a huge win against the Los Angeles Lakers, their third win in a row. And it's not just Isaac with me. I got three huge MFFLs with me right now. We're going to break it all down on a weekend version of Lockdown Mavs right now. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. Shot clock, Doncic for three. In and out and in again. Luka Doncic from way downtown. It's a 10-point lead. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member and coordinator for the Locked On Podcast Network. And joining me today, a very special episode, weekend edition. The Dallas Mavericks get a win over the Lakers. And so I got with me. Pablo, Emmy, and Jordan, huge MFFLs. Guys, can we just get some cheers, like just some kind of energy for a win over the, the let's Lakers? Go. Like, let's go! Let's freaking go. Huge win for the Dallas Mavericks. I needed to get some guys with me. I needed to have some energy with me. Isaac is off tonight, so I am here. Pablo, what you got for me? Hey, man, I'm wearing a Luka Doncic jersey, but I think I got to take one of the sevens off and turn this into a Black Powell one now. Uh, <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Dwight Powell is absolutely amazing. We'll get to Dwight Powell today. Do we have to issue an ap- apologies? I think we may have to. We may have to oh, do I all that. I never slandered him, for the record. Also, Emmy's with me. Emmy, what you got for me? Hey, man. I, uh, oh, man. I, uh, got home today, watched the game, and I was just so pessimistic for this game. But then the second <laughs> half, half came, and I was just so hyped. The second half was incredible. The, the, the Mavericks turned on some kind of a switch that I don't know if we've seen very much. And so we'll get into that but break it down. But before we do, Jordan, what you got for me? Man, I just loved watching this game. I felt like the whole season was represented in like the lows of the lows in the first half. And then we came out in that third quarter and attacked and put it away. It was awesome. Absolutely. All right, let's get into it. So, Chris Alporzingis did not play in this game. Josh Richardson also did not play in this game. But the Mavericks got Maxi Kleba back, a huge addition back. Mavericks absolutely needed Maxi Kleba in this game for sure. Uh, he was pretty good against Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis did play. He was supposed to play 25 minutes. Ended up playing 28 minutes or a little bit over. He was 5 of 19 from the field. Just had three rebounds, three assists, and scored 17 points, but he was a minus 19 in the game. A lot of that negative in that plus minus is the last couple of minutes. The Mavericks just absolutely blitzed the Lakers down the stretch there. But let's start with uh, let's start with Pablo. What did you think about Maxi returning, Porzingis being out, and then Anthony Davis in his uh, kind of return here the second game back? Uh, I think the right guys stepped up at the right time. I, I felt like there was a little bit of contribution from everyone. I loved seeing Melly personally. Like It felt like he could do no wrong, hitting the right passes, getting blocks, and uh, hitting threes. So I, I loved what I saw from the from the role players. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and and, and Maxi on Anthony Davis, I thought was – he had 10 boards in this game. Like he was huge. Three of them were on the offensive end. I thought that his rebounding was huge. We talk, we're going to talk a lot about Dwight Powell, but just having Maxi back as that fulcrum, it's such a difference between him and KP. Like I, In some matchups like this, I'd almost rather have Maxi than KP. It might be a little bit of a hot take there, but it's just uh, the way that Maxi can defend and just credibly – uh, be in the right spots on defense. It's just a big step up from what they had with Porzingis in the first game. So absolutely great, Emmy. What did you think about? Um, what did you think about 
this game, let's just get your initial impressions of of what the Mavericks did of you know guarding Anthony Davis of Dwight Powell. Let's just get into that. Well, I think. I mean, our defense was the biggest thing. I mean, if you look down the stretch, man, we held them to what, like 24 points or something like that, maybe less than that in the fourth quarter. And most of that was at the beginning of the quarter. But it felt like, I mean, as soon as we got hey, fight, hey, you know, hey, how about 14 points in the fourth quarter? <laughs> I mean, I was with you. I was like, it was like 20-something. No, it was 14 points. Carlisle says if you can hold the team to 25 points in a quarter, that's a good defensive quarter. And to your point, Emmy, like 14 points and the Mavericks scored 29 points, that's a, that's a good-ass fourth quarter, right? Like, Let's get into that. What did you think about the, the defense and just that fourth quarter and what the Mavericks were able to do? Well, I mean, like I feel like everybody talks about how we struggle on defense. I mean, when I see a quarter like that, I mean, I feel like we have the potential to be one of the best defensive teams in the league. I mean, I think Harp said in a game earlier this year that over like a 20-game stretch or something like that, we were like the best team in terms of defensive rating in the entire league. There have been stretches where the Mavericks are decent on defense. I'm not going to go all the way with Harp. Harp didn't know what plus minus was the other day. So anytime Harp <laughs> tries to bring up like advanced stats or anything like that, I'm a, I'm a little skeptical that maybe he just heard it yeah. the wrong way and took it some way. Um, but yeah, this, this Mavericks team, I think the Lakers s- settled a lot in the second half. I think they took a bunch of jumpers. I think they were just like, oh, we, we got this. We can just trap them at the right time and turn on a switch and we can get them. But the Mavericks did it to them. Uh, Jordan, what did you think about? Let's, let's, continue on about this fourth quarter what did you think about the Mavericks able to do in the fourth quarter um I love that we got um Ben McLemore in foul trouble because it's the most Lakers thing ever to just sign a guy off the street (laughs) and he comes out starts like what like six of eight from three I was like where did he come from so getting him in foul trouble was kind of key honestly um and just seeing Dwight Powell like become springy again I've been waiting like to see that jump and boosts come from him, and like I felt like it finally got unlocked in this game. Yeah, let, let's get into that. So, so Dwight Powell, eleven of twelve from the floor, ninety-two uh, percent from the floor. That is a that is like a <laughs> Dwight Powell game. Do nothing else but jump at the rim and and put in buckets that that are going to definitely go in. Twenty-five points for him, nine boards in this game. He was a plus twenty in the game, had four fouls, but still was not necessarily a negative on defense. I'll throw it up for anybody. Uh, Dwight Powell is back, right? I think you got to say that. And I'm watching this game with my wife and she was talking about on a play that the ball flew out of bounds. Like, shit, man, I'm just so frustrated with Dwight. And then he comes back and has like four alley-oops <laughs> in a row. And she's like, well, I shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> it was just awesome. I mean, but we we all do that with Dwight though, right? Like we have yeah. a, a couple times we've talked about, man, if Dwight ever would come on this podcast, man, he would have to just like block out the first two full years of this pod because I think we trashed him so much and said so many negative things about him because he wasn't playing well. And then a game like this, he just totally shuts it down. And it was what Dwight Powell could do in those traps. We got a lot of talk about trapping and what the Lakers are trying to do on defense to Luka Doncic. And a lot of times it works if you trap really, really hard. And Mark Jackson, Jeff Van Gunny talked all about it on the broadcast. You trap really hard and Luka has, you have to get the ball out of Luka's hands. And he forced, they forced a bunch of turnovers in the first, the first half. And then when Willie Colley Stein was in the game and when Dwight Powell was in the game, you could see the difference between when Luka was trapped and he could give the ball to Dwight. Dwight went to the exact right window. 
He was right there. He's played with Luca for three years now. He's you know been a roller. He's probably rolled like what a thousand times with Luca probably. And so they have that that repetition. They have those reps with them. And he knew exactly where to go. He goes to the right spot. He gets the ball and he makes the right play. And that's what Dwight Powell can do. Uh, Pablo, what did you think about Dwight Powell? Do you think he's back? Does his lift look the same to you? Um, what did you think about Dwight Powell's performance? Uh, well, first things first, I think it warms my heart seeing Dwight make his dunks. So that, <laughs> you know, great steps for me. And uh, I think he, he was just looking like a lot more uh, like gummy if that's the word, like this this game, I haven't really seen him move so nice around the rim and like have such such a uh, soft touch. Like we usually think of his pick and rolls with uh, Luca as just like alley oops, but he was hitting some nice hook shots and and really moving his body very well down there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Dw- Dwight Powell, like we, I I I think I expected as much as Andre Drummond expected from Dwight Powell on that play yeah. where Andre Drummond just stood up there on the three-point line and Dwight Powell just ran past him and with the layup. Yeah. Uh, there was a wired, like, where they, they get the audio from the players. One of the players is mic'd up, and it was Luca. And Luca, after Dwight Powell hits that layup against Andre Drummond where, like, Drummond set a screen, and then he kind of rolled out kind of lightly and just was kind of meandering around, and Drummond just froze there. And didn't like drop back or didn't stay with Dwight at all. And then Luca got Dwight the ball, and then he kind of does a little spin to the right, and it just goes right to the bucket because Drummond is not defending him at all. I expected as much from Dwight Powell in this game as Drummond did, and he just totally blew us out of the water. Like he was right in the right spot. He was the, and it, it was because his lift is back. It's because he can jump now. It's because he's fully back from his Achilles injury, which is just. Uh, a great sight to see and and really crucial for the Mavericks. Now, we can't we can't talk too much about Dwight before we talk about it's April. Every April Dwight Powell does this. We're not going to get tricked again. This this is Dwight Powell in April. Absolutely. I forgot. I, <laughs> uh Emmy, Dwight Powell in April is is what? Like Dwight Powell in April is probably like an all-star, right? Like he just comes back every single April it seems and does this over and over again. Yeah, it it just seems like uh, death taxes and Dwight Powell killing it. <laughs> That's just what it is. And I, I was actually at the Clippers game where he got injured. So seeing him come back for me is just like so good to see. Like it was so tough seeing him go down. And everybody roots for Dwight, right? Like every single player we've heard talk. Isaac is actually, uh, I'm spoiling this a little bit. He's writing a story about Dwight right now. So he's been asking some of the players, what do you think about Dwight Powell? What do you think about Dwight Powell playing and on the court? And what does he bring to this team? And he's been asking all these type of questions in the media sessions. And every single one of them, without a doubt, has said he is the hardest worker. He is the you know best teammate I've ever played with. All that kind of stuff. Like Everybody is saying just about the same things. It's almost like they got in a meeting together and decided what key phrase they were going to use about Dwight Powell because he's so consistent. Um, I can't remember who it was. I think it was Maxi maybe on a Mavs live stream that talked about Dwight Powell and said that his his workouts and his pregame routine is like scheduled down to the minute. And sometimes it just looks so random because he does that ball thing with Maxi. He does weird stuff. Remember all the stuff he used to do with Justin Anderson where they would do weird ball stuff and they would throw throw the ball up in the air and like all this kind of weird stuff. But he has everything down to a science and he has something planned with every single teammate before the game too. And I kind of think, Jordan, I think that 
the Mavericks play well when Dwight Powell is on the floor because they're rooting for him, right? Like they're they feels more they're feel more ga- galvanized when he's on the court and when he's there with them. And uh, Pablo, I think he just he brings something a little bit of a boost to this team that they wouldn't have otherwise. Yeah, I think he's definitely stepped into the role of being the team's spiritual leader since James Johnson left. But <laughs> so I mean, that I I think you know a big part of it too is just the energy he brings on to the court. I mean, I, I feel like if you're playing alongside a guy giving who's giving it a hundred and ten percent, it's just going to motivate you to go just as hard. So um, yeah, I, I I think when Dwight's got the ball rolling the team's got the ball rolling yeah absolutely and it was just it it worked in the it worked in this way right it worked that the Dwight Powell was the player that the Mavericks needed to beat this Lakers team he was the guy because they were trapping because they were um because Dwight was in the right spot and and all that kind of stuff so it really helped that he was able to step up in this way especially since I mean the Ma- like the Mavericks won this game and Jalen Brunson went one of seven, and Tim Hardaway Jr. went two of thirteen, and Maxi Kleba, you know, only scored nine points, and Chris Porzingis didn't play, and Josh Richardson didn't play, and and Luca, we haven't talked about Luca yet. Luca was had eighteen points in this game, and the Mavericks beat the Lakers, who had Anthony Davis and pretty much everyone. I guess they didn't have KCP, but everybody else but LeBron. Uh, absolutely crazy. Uh, Jordan, we'll go back to you now that you're back. Uh, what did you think about Dwight Powell? His lift is back. Do you think that his chemistry brings a boost to this Mavericks team? Yeah, for sure. I think I think it's the Dwight Powell and Luca chemistry, and then combine that with I think I think Luca's been trying to make a really conscious effort to get KP his touches, and I think that has almost like negatively affected the team chemistry on the Mavs, like forcing stuff to KP versus with Dwight. It seems a lot more natural. So. I mean, obviously, KP is probably a more talented player than Dwight, but I don't know. I think the team is almost better with Dwight in that in that spot right now. That is a hot take. I will not stand for it. I think that in the first half, for sure, the Mavericks could have used KP's shot making a little bit there. And I think that what Carlisle said in the postgame is really true because it wasn't just that the Lakers weren't trapping hard enough against uh, you know, against Luca in the second half. It wasn't just that Dwight Powell was in the position instead of Willie Cauley-Stein. It was the fact that, and Carlisle said this after the game, the Mavericks' spacing wasn't right in the first half, and they needed some more spacing. Uh, J.J. Redick, I noted, okay, with two minutes and 18 seconds left in the third quarter, uh, he had only played eight minutes. He finished the game with 20 minutes, so he played almost the entire fourth quarter because they needed that extra spacing. And so instead of KP out there giving them that extra spacing, he put JJ Redick out there. I was like, all right, Redick's going to give us this ultra spacing because you cannot give Redick an inch at all. And so I think that was really calculated by Rick Carlisle. I was really impressed by some of the moves that he made uh, and some of the, the changes that he made. He, he's always been touted as one of the best in-game adjusters. That GM survey after every single you know, season is always like has Carlisle really, really high and all that. Uh, Emmy, what did you think about the change in the second half and and JJ? Let's talk about JJ Redick a little bit in his minutes. Well, I mean, as you said, you can't give JJ an inch. I mean, when he's moving around the court, I mean, that was one of the things um, the TNT guys were talking about the other day. It was like the lack of movement, the the off ball movement on this team just seems to be really stagnant at times. And when he's moving around, I mean, it just makes it so that everybody else has to shift a little bit. And 
it just makes the offense a lot more uh, smooth. I feel like. Yeah, absolutely. And he almost feels like he almost feels like an another adult offensive player, right? Because sometimes you just feel like like Tim Hardaway Jr. Sometimes, and even Brunson are like sometimes they're, they're kids because sometimes they'll give you everything that you want, and sometimes they're just like you have no idea what you're going to get from them, and they throw a tantrum, you know, like in in that way. If I'm going with the kids metaphor, and JJ Reddick's just like a consistent guy. He throws some wild passes, though. He had three turnovers in this game, and I think all three of them were just insane. Uh, but J.J. Redick, I thought, was a key change in the second half that allowed Dwight Powell to be who Dwight Powell was, allowed Luka Doncic to be who he was in the second half. Uh, let's get into Luka a little bit. He was 6-15 of from the floor, 18 points, 13 assists, 8 rebounds for him, 6 turnovers, but he was a plus 26 in the game. Just absolutely... Um, he was he just looked rough in the first half and a lot of the talk was about his uh, a lot of the talk was about his complaining and whining and you you guys just brace yourselves everyone listening and you guys here just brace yourselves for every podcast every person to talk about Luca's whining at least they won this game because if they yeah. didn't win this game I feel like it would have been a lot worse uh, Pablo what did you think about Luca in this game his play in the second half and all that uh, he actually only scored eight points in the second half but he had 10 assists so that's pretty wild two of six from the floor in the second half for Luca in a game the Mavs won <laughs> yeah I I think the thing with Luca is that even if he's having a low scoring night it always feels like he hits like the shot you need you know what i'm saying like that shot he he hit over dennis schroeder like with that step back i i didn't think it was gonna go in because i was just like man it's just one of those nights for him right now and that's okay uh but it went in and it's it just like it's always those moments where luke like no matter how he had been doing in the game up Say until it. that point he just always hits it Say it. <laughs> <laughs> it's Luca. It's Luca oh, magic, Luka, man. Yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. Luca magic, magic, dude. Like fellas, I, I just cannot. They they counted as a thirty four foot jump shot, a thirty four foot oh, shot. That's why uh, he was on like the, which was on the left wing, the same place he always hits those that's shots from. Spot, the same place yeah. he hit the the Memphis shot from, the Clippers shot from. What was the other one that he hit this year that was in that spot? Celtics. Yeah. Oh, did he hit did he that yeah. one? I think that one too. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he was like really edged up right against the the you know the out out of bounds line. Yeah. And he hit that shorter was right in his face. Just absolutely wild. So he only hit two shots in the second half, and that was one of them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm cool with that. It, it felt like 30 shots with that one shot. So I'm, I'm oh cool my with gosh. It. He's absolutely and 10 assists, man. Like that, like that's when Luca. Jordan, that's when Luca like steps up and becomes a player that not a lot of other guys can get to. When he can't score, when they're holding, you know, when he's not able to affect the game with his scoring, he's able to just pick you apart on offense with his passing. It was just another level in this game. Yeah, that's why that's why you see his plus minus be as high as it is. Like like you said, when he's not hitting, he knows what he has to do to get other people involved. And I mean, you could just you. Whenever they were up by eight and he was dribbling towards that left side, I just knew like he's about to take a step back three <laughs> and he's and he's gonna ice this game. And that's exactly what he did. And I feel like Schroeder knew that too. And that's why he tried to take it away and he just went farther back and he still hit it. It's crazy. He I mean, we didn't we do not deserve him, man. Like to, to no. go from I mean, as Mavs fans, like I like to hear this from everybody. Like to go from Dirk to Luca, 
Oh Amy, my gosh. I mean, like, what does that mean to you as a Mavs fan to like transition from Dirk, like this incredible like legend, to Luca, where like it's not inconceivable that Luca is the best Maverick of all time by the end of his career. And that's just like to think about that after Dirk retired is like an insane thing to think about. I mean, I mean, I'd still be a fan anyway, but it just for example, like I got like the I've been watching every game this season and like in the years where we were rebuilding, I wasn't. So, I mean, <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> like a star on the floor, it just it just makes it a lot easier to be a fan. That's <laughs> <laughs> Pablo, what do you think about Retreat. the transition from Dirk to Luca? Uh, I just think it's amazing that uh, like I think the Mavs will be a big part of NBA history like for years to come now, thanks to Luca, and I think uh, Dirk, you know, uh, his his legacy is you know one that can't really be topped. But Luca's just bringing something that is gonna you know keep us relevant and keep us super competitive. And I think it's dope to be able to watch that in one lifetime see two players you know do the best in Dallas. So. Hundred percent. I'll throw it to Jordan. Jordan next. What do you think about the transition from Dirk to Luca, and just as a Mavs fan? It, you just can't underscore enough how blessed we are. It's like going from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. It just doesn't happen to where. Well, is it? I mean, <laughs> as far as like superstar, like championship caliber leaders. I on hope Luca gets more than one championship, man. For okay. sure, for sure. <laughs> but all I mean is, is like. You don't see stars like that just filter in also, and out. Also, Luca but. is way more loyal, by the way, to his. Uh, I hope so. <laughs> with uh, I'll, I'll just say with uh, with New Holger. If you guys listen to this show, you, you'll they'll know the reference. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, we're just we're blessed. We're blessed. Absolutely, uh, Dorian Finney Smith needs a shout out, and this will this will get us into the conversation. I think we all want to talk about uh, Dorian Finney Smith in this game. Just another. We, this is another guy we just did not expect him to have games like this in his bag. 21 points for him, seven boards, four of them on the offensive end, and he probably could add a couple more if they had called fouls and stuff like that here and there. Two assists for him. He was four of seven from three. That's 57%. And he was plus 28 in the game. A lot of that was the second half in that fourth quarter. But, Pablo, I'll start with you. What did you think about Dorian Finney-Smith? And don't worry, we'll, we'll get to Drummond in a second. But what did you think about Dorian's play in and of itself? Uh, I thought it was amazing. Um, I, I, I really think when I, I know we're probably going to get into this more later, but <laughs> when he had that little scuffle with Andre Jummond, I really think the energy of the game shifted. And I think that was one of Dorian Finney Smith's biggest contribution. That smirk was his biggest contribution Honestly. of the game. Cause I like, as soon as he turned around and that happened, you could just sense like the players are like back in it. And, uh, even though it wasn't like, on the stat sheet, it was cool to see it. Absolutely, it was. Uh, it was absolutely crazy to see, and absolutely crazy to watch. Amy, what do you think about Dorian Finney-Smith's play? Well, I mean, his defense was huge. I think he was on Schroeder the whole night, basically. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he didn't shut him down, but he he limited him a lot, especially in that fourth quarter. It seemed like he he made him shuttle for jump shots, which you mentioned earlier, and. That's huge. I mean, if he's hitting his threes, I mean, he's the perfect 3 and D guy. 
Yeah, Jordan, to throw it to you now. Uh, with Dorian Finney-Smith, like, yeah, Truder was a huge factor in that first game, especially that third quarter run, uh, that game on Thursday that the Mavs played against the Lakers. And in this game, Truder didn't have that kind of a, a similar run. I think Dorian was a little bit a part of it. I think the Mavs bigs also played a big deal in that with Maxi and having him back is having, like, that two-line defense is a lot better than having just Dorian and, and Josh Richardson as a defense. But, Jordan, what did you think about uh, Dorian's play? Yeah, I, I, mean, I thought he was incredible. They put the graphic up of the scoring leaders heading into the crunch time in the fourth <laughs> yeah. quarter, and it's and it's Ben McLemore, Dorian Finney-Smith, and Dwight Powell, and you're just like, what is this Legends. game? What is happening? But for my 2K players out there, it feels like Dorian's like an evolution card that you have on your team, Ooh. and he just he keeps hitting the next level. I feel like every few weeks it's like, man, we can rely on this guy more and more. And I like, I mean, y'all talked about this before, but I just, I feel, I really feel like he's a piece you can have on a championship team. Yeah. He's a guy you can just plug in. Right. And he has to be hitting his threes. Like you said, he's a, he's a big deal, but think about some of the big games this year, the jazz game, this Lakers game. Uh, there's been some other games where he just steps up and he hits shots when they need him. Even in that last Lakers game, he had a really timely three and he's been stepping up to the plate at every single, you know, big game. It's been some of the off kind of nights where he just doesn't shoot well and all of a sudden people are like, ah, Dorian Finney-Smith, he can't shoot anymore. He's not going to affect the game. But, all right, let's get into it. It's time. It's finally time. uh, If you guys are watching on YouTube, we're playing the clip over and over again of Andre Drummond trying to get into Dorian Finney-Smith's face. And uh, Andre Drummond did not have a particularly good night in this game, uh, statistically or otherwise. He was 3 of 5 from the floor, 12 boards, all of them on the defensive end, which is key for him. Three steals, but two turnovers, 2,000. He was a minus 19 for the game in just about uh, 30 minutes. Uh, I'll start with you, Pablo. You got any shots you want to take? You want to start talking about Andre Drummond? What did you think about him? All I got to say is uh, all those MFFLs who wanted Andre Drummond are awfully quiet on the timeline. And I would like an apology (laughs) from everyone who told me we needed Andre Drummond, especially my brother Jacob, because I know he's going to be oh, his own, calling out family. I'm, calling. I'm we're, we're calling out family in our own I, podcast here. I, I'm, it had to be done, but uh, I, I mean, he just didn't impress me, and I, 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 I think we can put that conversation to bed. Hopefully, Amy, what did you think about Drummond? The conversations to bed. Were you for it or against it? What did you think about him? I was, I was against it. I mean. The rebounding, I mean, it it comes with all the negative too. Like the rebounding, sure, it, it does help a little bit, but we have some guys that can rebound. We can rebound as a team. There's other ways to fix that. And bringing in Andre Drummond was just going to fix that, but it would also bring in all of those negatives. I mean, he's just – he doesn't have the awareness. He doesn't finish around the basket. I mean, he's – How does he not finish around the basket? Like some of these – like. <laughs> The Mavericks are like, yeah, (laughs) this is like the Mavericks should not have gotten away with playing Maxi, Dwight Powell, and Willie Colley Stein and Melly for that for that matter as their bigs. Like all those guys are, like I guess Willie is over seven foot, but all the other guys are under seven feet and are not particularly like that strong, right? Maxi gets pushed. Maxi is probably the biggest guy bulk wise, but he gets pushed off his spot all the time. Uh, just to, that Drummond didn't dominate in this game or didn't, uh, you know, have a bunch of offensive rebounds. It's kind of like really confusing to me. Jordan, what did you think about Drummond? Yeah, um, I'd also like to call out uh, my buddy Grant, who was clamoring for Drummond <laughs> last year. Um, 
but <laughs> calling no out names. Safe. No one's man. Safe. You yeah. said he was three for five from the floor, but I feel like he should have been at least three of six because that dunk that he just choked at the beginning <laughs> of the game should have counted as more than one miss. That brought me so much joy, right off the back of the rim. And like maybe we still have to see him with LeBron, right? Like we can't just. This isn't a an indictment yeah. on Drummond as a player in general, but I just don't think that he would have been the fix for what Mavs fans want. And the fact that he can't finish around the rim and, and all that is just, it's mind boggling. And I just don't understand. And his defense, like the first couple plays Dwight Powell had in this game were because Drummond was just playing absolutely awful defense. And it was several times over and over again. Uh, all the highlight plays that they showed with the, the Lakers trapping Luca was with Drummond trapping and just not trapping well enough or not trapping, you know, not communicating, which he's new on the team too. You also have to remember that yeah. if you're trapping like that, you have to be really, really well communicated with the rest of your team. And they're playing with Drummond and Ben McLemore and, you know, Drummond and Anthony Davis was, this, this is their second game together. So there's a lot of conversation needs to be had back and forth. So I'll give them a little bit of the benefit of that on this, but Drummond still, He's not a good defender, and he's not a good finisher on the rim, and that's the two things the maps need. Yeah, that's. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that conversation is done because yeah. he's, yeah, he's he, if he becomes available this summer, I guess it'll probably come back up and resurface, and people will talk about it again. But uh, I'm out. Any, everyone, anyone want to say that they'd be up for him this summer, or is everyone just completely out? No, we can get that's somebody better with him. Yeah. No, yeah, everyone's out. Everyone's yeah, out. we're out. Yeah, everyone's out. Shark Tank, Shark Tank. Shark Tank, Mark Cuban, I'm out style, for sure. And that's why we're out. Uh, Man, anything else in this game? Let's see, we talked about, oh, Willie Colley-Stein I thought had a pretty good game. He had eight points. He was four of six from the free throw line. He kept getting fouled in this game. Uh, But I thought he had a decent game and a decent showing. He got really showed up by Dwight Powell, who we talked about earlier. Uh, But, yeah, I'll give Willie a little bit of a shout-out. Any other thoughts or anything about this game you guys want to bring up? I'll open it to anybody. The Mavs are going to be a scary matchup for whoever we play in the playoffs. That's all I want to say. 100%. The Mavs are now in sole possession of sixth place. That happened uh, on Thursday. It actually happened on Friday night. I was watching that game. I was watching the um, – it was the Blazers-Grizzlies. And, the the like, what is going on with the Blazers? They are 2-8 and eight in their last 10 games. Like, this Blazers team is just – I don't know what they're doing, but it's just not working. And they're healthy. That's the thing that I'm so confused with. Yeah. Uh, I asked uh, Locked On Blazers host um, Mike Richmond about it, and I was like, what's going on with this team? And he said they're just not getting the same like God-tier clutch Damian Lillard that they were at the beginning of the season. And so mm-hmm. here's the standings I got pulled up on YouTube right now. Mavericks are in sixth place now. They would play the Clippers in the first round again. Guys, are we ready for another Clippers-Mavs first-round matchup? With no play-in, by the way, if the Mavs are in six. Everybody ready for Clippers again? Yeah, bring it on. Let's go. All the smoke. Bring it. All the smoke. I'm ready. Marcus Morris, get ready. Uh, But the other other thing is the Clippers have been killing it recently. The Clippers are just a half game out. It could could very well easily be the Suns and even the Jazz. Like the Clippers are only two games back from the Jazz with a bunch of games to go. Let's go. Let's go around the horn. Which would you guys rather see, Clippers, Suns, or Jazz? We'll start with Pablo. Oh, man. Uh, it's it's a little bit of a pick your poison here, but I really want to – I think I'd really like to play the Clippers again just because, uh, like, our, our squad's looking healthy, and I think, I think we're just more prepared for it right now, and I, I'd be really excited to see that matchup again. 
I mean, what are you feeling? Jazz, Suns, or Clippers in the first round? Um, I mean, it'd be really tough to see Chris Paul. And I mean, even even though Booker hasn't been in the playoffs, I feel like he's one of the clutchest guys in the league. I'm I'm gonna have to say the Clippers too. I'm I'm ready to run it back. Ooh, Jordan, are we gonna go three for three on the Clippers? Uh, if Donovan Mitchell's still hurt, I would take the Jazz. But if he's if he's healthy, then I, then I'd take the Clippers. See some more of that playoff pee. I see. Yeah, that's the thing. I think I would go Utah at this point. I don't think it'll be Utah. They're still just a solid team, even without Donovan Mitchell. But and I think they'll hold on to one or two there. But if the Mavs can get Utah, then I feel like that would be the one. Especially, especially because if the Mavs can beat the the Jazz, this Jazz team in the first round, then I get to hold it over my boss for an entire year until they would, <laughs> until the NBA season starts again. And I just get to rub it in his face every single meeting I have with him because you know after the Mavs got destroyed both of those oh, times, yeah. he brought it up every single – and then he brought it up the last game how KP ducked whoever and ducked Embiid and whatever, mm-hmm. and he brings it up to me. So just for me personally, my personal vendetta would be the Jazz. Uh, but I think that would also be the best matchup for the Mavs. They can have, you know, that it's basically Dorian's series at that point, right? Like if Dorian can hit his threes, the Mavs will win, just like they did in the regular season. So yeah, uh, ever, anybody okay with like missing the the play-in game? Does any, was anybody kind of bummed? Like, oh man, I kind of wish the Mavs would play in the play-in. Anybody thinking that? Oh no, 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 <laughs> no, man! I, I've had too many years shaved off my life from the Mavericks. I don't, I don't need more. I want no part of Steph Curry in a play-in series. I know, right? Well, and the thing is, like, the Mavericks wouldn't have to play Steph Curry. What are they they right now? They're a game back from eight, so that's possible. Memphis Memphis looks pretty good right now, though. Jaron Jackson Jr. coming back. Him and John Moran had an incredible game against the Blazers the other night. And, yeah, the Warriors could get up to eight, and if they did, then the Mavs-Warriors in the first round, good God. Like, that (laughs) would just be... An absolute nightmare. And then, uh, yeah, then it would be if the Mavs lose that game, then it, then they play the winner of San Antonio Portland or San Antonio Memphis or, you know, one of those two teams. Or it could be Memphis Portland. I don't, like, we don't know. So, yeah, that would be absolutely wild. But everyone's okay with missing the play in. I'd be okay with missing the play in. A play in would be way more fun and exciting if the Mavs weren't in it, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like this, doesn't your heart. opinion of the play-in change completely when your team's not in it? Yeah. 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 <laughs> 100%. Cuban's going to come back out and say that the, the play-in was the best thing that they did this season if the Mavs aren't in it. <laughs> yeah. Right. They brought so much revenue in. Fans oh, yeah. loved it. All that kind of stuff. He'd talk about all that. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's, let's finish on this. What do we think about KP? He missed this game. He tweaked that ankle the other night. What do we think about KP this season and, you know, going into, I don't know, like, with Luca's relationship with him, all that kind of stuff. Where are you guys at? We'll start with Pablo. What do you think about KP at this point in his career with the Mavs? I mean, I, I think at the end of the day, he's still a piece that we want on the team. Um, I think we just need to Man, see. Man, that is an endorsement if I've ever heard one. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> he is a piece. You know, he's yes, still a this soft is like... endorsement. A soft endorsement. <laughs> I, I just think um, we also kind of have to take a step back and realize, like, I I, th- I really like Mark's comments earlier this week about how uh, he compared uh, KP and Luca's relationship to Dirk and Jason Terry's. And I, f- I feel like that put it a bit into perspective because, like, we got to realize 
this is Luca's third year and like they haven't been able to consistently play together over the years because of injuries and stuff like that and they're still super young so um I, I think we just have to keep everything in perspective a bit and realize that he is going to be an important part of the team moving forward yeah 100 percent. we'll get into all those comments on monday's show i think mm-hmm. me and isaac will uh, but i think that i thought that was great because i think we all fell into this under this this line of thinking that oh they're both European and they both speak yeah. like Spanish, right? Like they both speak the same languages and they're going to be best. They're both shooters. Like they're going to be best friends. And it just hasn't worked out that way. Right. We thought that they would be the next like Bobby and Toby or, or Lowry and DeRozan. And they're just not that right. Like they're just not best friends. Right. And so then there's going to be a little bit of a ten- little bit of tension if, you know, they don't have, because they don't have that understanding if Luca gets more shots or if he looks off, you know, KP and all that. I, Amy, what do you think about, um, about Porzingis at this point, where do you stand? Well, I mean, at this point, I'm willing to just scratch everything if he brings it in the playoffs. I mean, it's all about the playoffs for me. I mean, he could be the difference in us winning a series and losing a series at this point. He's the key. He absolutely is. He's the key. He's he's that like ceiling raiser almost. Uh, I need him to. I need him to step up and. You know, every once in a while, give me a 35 point game, right? Instead of just this. But he's a solid 20 points a game every night. And you just can't rely on, you know, Dwight Powell's not going to give you 25 points in a a given night if you ask him to. Tim Hardaway Jr., not necessarily. Jalen Brunson, not necessarily. Uh, But every once in a while, they can. And so getting Porzingis, he's a consistent 20 points a night. That just takes the Mavs, you know, floor, I think, to another level. But I need him to be a little bit more of a ceiling raiser. Jordan, where do you stand with KP? Yeah, I, I. I think that, you know, as Cuban said, that there's there's plenty of time for them to grow and, and be friends if that's what they want to do. I just think for the Mavs to be successful at the ultimate level, they need a guy that's almost like a Dennis Schroeder that even if KP or Luka is out, like somebody's still there to carry the team. And maybe Jalen Brunson turns out to be that guy, but I don't know if he's quite there yet. They need somebody who can just kind of keep the floor, if you will, where yeah. it's at. Yeah, yeah, not let the floor fall out, which is why we've been talking about a secondary creator, you know, yeah. somebody else, like somebody that can come in and and uh, yeah, Schroeder is a guy that we've talked about a lot on this podcast, going after him, and I think we we traded for him in our you know, lockdown NBA mock draft and all that. So there we go, guys. Great Lakers win. The Mavs are in sixth place. No play in for the Mavs right now. Yeah, it's absolutely wild, guys. Thanks so much for uh, for joining me, Pablo, Emmy, and Jordan. MFFLs, Raccoon Squad, card-carrying Raccoon Squad members. Yes, I'll have, sir. To, I'll have get to get it. cards for everybody, for people to print out if they come on the pod or something like that. But <laughs> uh, appreciate you guys jumping on. Everybody, if you're listening, subscribe to the podcast if you're not already, and then also subscribe on YouTube. Good stuff coming the rest of this week, guys. Thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. Oh, peace, peace. Boom. I give them a lot of credit. How about how? Down. And Powell getting his third straight.